Welcome to the Doggy Dan Podcast Show, helping you unleash the greatness within your dog. Hello and welcome everybody, I'm Doggy Dan, thanks ever so much for tuning in to another podcast show. This one is show number seven and it's all about how to use food in dog training. Really exciting show, I'm as always really excited to share this information with you and I think by the end of the show you're going to have a completely different understanding and appreciation of how to use food and why it's so powerful and why it is certainly, or should be at least, it should be your best friend as well as your dog's best friend. So what are we going to cover off? Well, a number of different topics. First of all, I'm just going to touch on um, food in general, why you should use it, and, and have a little look at um, are there any exceptions, are there any dangers, because uh, you've probably got a couple of little questions um, that you're not too sure about, and I'll cover those off. Then we'll have a look at what sort of exercises primarily, what sort of training and what sort of situations would I use food? Because there's certainly some situations where food for me is just an absolute no-brainer. And I'm going to give you some examples of basically some situations, a couple of stories where I've used food to totally transform a dog in a matter of minutes. And it's unbelievable when you get it right, when you know what you're doing. So I'm going to share that with you. And then we're going to have a look at when not to use it because you totally can um, misuse food. You can screw, screw up situations really quickly. It can confuse you, confuse your dog, make situations worse. And I'm talking about some pretty serious situations which you, you really need all the help you can get. Um, and if you, get, if you use food incorrectly, then yeah, it, it can become a bit of a nightmare. It can work against you. Then I'm going to have a look at what I'm going to call food through your dog's eyes. Basically understanding what certain treats mean to dogs and uh, the value of those treats. Because not all treats are created equal, as you are going to see very soon. And then I'm going to finish on uh, some pretty big tips, just some very simple tips. But they're all common sense and logical when they're pointed out to you. But as with a lot of these things, until it's pointed out to you, you know, you, you just don't think of it. And uh, when I tell you some of this stuff, you're probably going to go, oh, wow, that's a no-brainer. Of course, why wasn't I doing that before? I've worked with some very intelligent people who hadn't figured this stuff out. In fact, some people are actually kicking themselves at the end of it because they're going, oh, man, I feel like an idiot. I should have thought of some of this stuff. But, hey, that's why I'm here. So let's get into... Topic number one, which is basically, you know, sort of, should we use food? Why should we use it? Are there any exceptions? I mean, basically, you are doing yourself a massive disservice, I think, if you're not using food. I mean, sure, if you've got a dog who's perfectly well trained and you don't really need food, that's, that's a different story altogether. However, if you've got a new puppy or you, you know, in some situations where you've got a, a dog with some behavioral issues, you know, food can be your absolute best friend. In the old days, it was a case of just using force and aggression and there was no such thing as using food or positive reinforcement to get the dogs to sort of listen to you and, and trying to motivate them um, to do what you want. It was all about old school, sort of yank and crank. If the dog didn't do what you want, you know, you'd kind of pull a bit harder on the lead. So that's how it used to be a long, long time ago. And unfortunately, I would say it's almost flipped the other way now. And it's actually a case of food is being used too much. 
So some dog trainers are using almost only food methods, only positive reinforcement, give your dog lots of food, and you've seen it. And that's probably, for a lot of you, that's probably your concern, that you don't want to fall into that camp. And I totally agree, couldn't agree more. Um, And I'm going to go through basically how to avoid that and what you're actually trying to avoid. But the thing is with food, recognize that food, the probably the best analogy is food is like money to your dog. You know, we all go to work for money. You know, that's how we are paid or most of us are paid using money. And, you know, that's why we do the work. If you, if you never got paid, how long would you work for? A couple of days, a couple of weeks, a couple of months without a paycheck and uh, lots of promises. <laughs> Depends what sort of job you're in. But end of the day, that's how your dog sees it. And if you're not using food, very often you could have a a behavioral issue or a problem which can be solved so simply. I mean, I've worked with a lot of people. Let me give you um, an example. I'll change the name and it's not one person in particular because this has happened so many times where I've worked with somebody and they said, look, our biggest problem is a lovely dog, but basically we'll call her Tulip. Tulip won't come when we call her and, uh, you know, Tulip's a, a lovely Labrador cross or something and, and Tulip loves food. She loves food. She'll do anything for food. And I'm thinking, so she'll do anything for food, but when you take her to the park, she won't come when you call. And I'm thinking, well, what are you doing wrong? And, you know, we go to the park. And it's actually, it's, it's usually two things. And I'm going to cover these off in more detail. But all I do, the two issues, let me point out the two things which are going wrong, first of all. Generally speaking, the, there's very often a lack of communication between the owner and the dog. Uh, the owner has not motivated the dog enough with the treats. In other words, the dog doesn't really understand that there's food treats are available and, um, and what those food treats are, and the dog's not that excited about it. But the other thing is the dog doesn't understand. If you come when I call, all I want to do is give you a little treat and let you go. And if you understand how to communicate that to your dog, problem solved, you will have one of the most obedient dogs in the world. Now, of course, I'm talking about Tulip here, who is motivated with food and loves the food and will do anything for it. And there's obviously lots more little tips to do with the recall, and that's all covered off, um, you know, inside my video website, theonlinedogtrainer.com. There are loads of tips and advice and uh, videos on training the recall. Um, but this is just wanting to point out that the use of food is so powerful for this sort of problem. And all you've got to do is understand how to communicate your dog. Sometimes when you come, there's a little reward for you. And uh, if you've got that sort of dog, then that is the most powerful solution. Nothing will be more powerful to your dog than, uh, than that food. So it's just understanding how to use it correctly. Now, the problem that a lot of people have got or the issue or the question is, yeah, but won't my dog then sort of become addicted to food and only come if I've got food in my hand and, and then only come if I've got a private? And a lot of people have this issue. But the secret is, is pretty simple. All you've got to do is understand how to show your dog um, almost that the rewards are random, that there are rewards. Sometimes the reward will be a pat and a cuddle. Sometimes it will be a little bit of food. Sometimes it will be a big reward. And you wean your, your dog slowly off lots and lots of treats and food till there's less and less, fewer and fewer, until your food treats become very, very random. In other words, the behavior becomes so ingrained and occasionally you give your dog a little treat very often they don't. Very often they get a little pat. 
But that is the trick. The trick is, you know, once your dog, once the food is in your pocket and you're not kind of waving it around on the end of your, your hand you know, in your dog's face saying, look what I've got throwing around a big piece of bacon or something in your, in your dog's face so they can see you've got something. Once the food is actually in a bag in your pocket and you're shouting to your dog, come here, then you don't even know if you're going to give the dog a treat when they come. So how can your dog know? So the key is to make it random. The other point that some people, and this is a bit more old school, people who don't really understand dogs, kind of, I have to say that, that, you know, they sort of say, don't, yeah, but shouldn't your dog just do as you say? And, you know, this is coming from a very sort of dictatorial sort of, my dog is my robot, I shall control my dog at all times. And, and it's really missing the point of, you know, your dog is an animal with energy, with feelings and emotions. And, you know, your dog is not a robot. And uh, the more you can motivate your dog to be happy and want to work for you, um, and you can certainly do that by becoming the pack leader. You know, the more you're the pack leader, the more your dog will listen to you and want to work for you. But at the end of the day, they still have feelings and emotions. So the more you can sort of m- motivate a dog to wor- work for you, just a little bit with some food and treats and the occasional rewards, the happier the dog's going to be. And I think the better relationship you will have with them. I always say a fair day's pay for a fair day's work. That's how it works with humans and with dogs. You know, it's just a case of uh, just occasional little treat here and there can go a long, long way. If you don't use food, basically you can make it very, very hard for yourself. I mean, how do you motivate a dog? If you're not using food treats and they're passionate about food, then how can you motivate a dog to do stuff when they don't really want to do it? I mean, you know, like with humans, you know, we are basically motivated with pain and pleasure. And if a dog's main form of pleasure is food and you remove all food, then you end up resorting to pain a lot of the time. And that's where, you know, I'd rather, I'd far rather just have a couple of little treats in my pocket every now and then occasionally and uh, just have some very, very well-trained dogs. It's not a problem. Not a problem at all. So what are some of the, the exercises that you, I would suggest um, you could use food in very powerfully? Well, First of all, obviously, when you're training a puppy, food is is just oh, food is your best friend. I mean, for all the command work that you need to do by command work, I'm talking about, you know, you sit, you're down, you stay, even more complex stuff like the rollover. You can be using food, sticking it on the end of your dog's nose and sort of guiding them where you want them to be. You know, inside my video website, I show people how one of the easiest ways to get your puppy to walk by your side is not just to put a leash on your puppy and kind of yank it and pull it and say, walk, walk. Far from it. It's far easier to get a little biscuit, stick it on the end of your doggy's nose and say, walk, walk. No leash on your puppy. And, you know, within seconds, you can have a little puppy who's eight or nine weeks old walking by your side. They're walking off leash without a lead on and they're walking by your side. So stuff like that. It's so powerful. The recall, as I've touched on already, the recall, getting your dog to come. So the come here command, as some people call it, or the recall is just, yeah, get your dog to come, give them a reward and let them go again. Other other things such as toilet training with puppies, uh, you know, the, the food rewards are brilliant for saying to your puppy, yes, that's where I want you to go toilet. We or poo on the grass and I will put chicken or cheese in your mouth. Once your dog's got that understanding, your dog's going to be trying to, you know, force out a little weed you know, every time they touch the grass. So in general, I'd say puppy training is a, a brilliant time to be using food treats. Also, if you're trying to train your dog to do a new behavior a little bit later on, maybe he's in the bed or stay out of the kitchen. Good. That's the line. I want you to stay behind. Yep. Just there. That's good. Stay there. Good dog. Treat, treat. 
it can just really help reinforce to your dog what it is that you're actually asking them to do. Other more complex or uh, um, situations where you could use food, and this is more for behavioral issues, trying to stop some sort of uh, behavioral issues. And this is where you've got to be very, very careful because I generally don't use um, food treats. As I'll say it a number of times. So I'll say it first of all here. I don't use food treats generally to stop bad behaviors. However, your food treat can be very useful for distracting your dog, getting their attention and getting them to leave something and come over to another area. So I'm going to cover this, this off in more areas um, in another area, in the next section, I should say. So I'm talking about when your dog is maybe focused on a cat or another dog or a person and you want to get their attention. Sticking a bit of cheese on the end of their nose and kind of pulling them away is a very powerful use of food when you're training. Um, a, for example, a good example actually is Moses is, uh, at this point, he's, what, he's probably 14 months old, something like that. And he's, he's just started doing a little bit of woof, woofing when people turn up. Um, at the house, they come driving down the driveway and he does his woof woof, he's on the decking. Now, I've just found a very, very powerful little use of treats is before he even woofs, I just rattle the little jar with a few little tiny little biscuits in it and it gets his attention. Next thing you know, there's a car driven down the driveway, it's banging its doors and uh, and uh, people are getting out and shouting hi and Moses is just kind of hovering around the kitchen. And, uh, and, and so I'm not making it that, you know, People turn up and I throw a whole load of food at him and he gets lots of food. It's just sort of, it, it distracts him. So he sort of says, hey, are you, are you looking at the jar? Are you moving the jar? Is that the jar of treats? He hasn't even noticed or he has sort of noticed that people have turned up. But it, the main thing is it's broken that sort of habit of people come down the driveway in the car and he starts a bit of barking. So I'm just nipping it in the bud there. Very, very useful use of food. Now, I just mentioned when not to use it. The, one of the things about food, which it, it, it's a bit of a sad state of affairs with dog training, is we've gone, as I say, from, you know, I'm glad we've moved away from punishing and force and aggression. Uh, the old school way of dog training, yank and crank, where if the dog didn't do what you wanted, you kind of caused them more pain. But it's a shame that we've gone almost too far, I would say. And so many dog trainers are just using treats um, you see it all the time. I mean, you even see it on TV, some dog trainers, and they're shoveling food in the dog's mouth, trying to keep the dog kind of entertained and occupied. But you know, as soon as the, as soon as the person stops putting food in the mouth, the dog is back doing the old behavior. And that's where I would say it was a complete waste of food. If you, if using the food didn't have any sort of long-term effect on the dog, didn't calm their mind, didn't get them to stop the old behavior, you've got to ask yourself, what's the point of using it? And I'd say the main thing is understanding that all of this use of food that I'm talking about in this context is what I'd call training. And training has to sit on an underlying philosophy that I have, that many dog trainers have, which is that you have to become the pack leader first. If you don't become the pack leader first, then this sort of training doesn't really work. So I'm talking about using food, but this is training, and this is not the solution. The real solution, which is what I go through in the the website, the video website, theonlinedogtrainer.com. I go through it very, very clearly, pointing out the whole time, this is actually the key solution that you're looking for. With five golden rules to become the pack leader, that's the key. And when you get that bit right, then you can use this food to sort of train your dog. Anyone who knows my method will, pro on, you know, has followed me on uh, whatever, Facebook or uh, through the blog or whatever, 
you'll probably be aware that I've written a book called What the Dogs Taught Me About Being a Parent because this is almost the same as with parenting. You know, it's all very well to use food bribes and with children, obviously, we're not always talking about lollipops and ice creams and sweets. You can be talking about being able to maybe play on your little Nintendo machine or your uh, iPad or something like that. But you can't, you know raise a child purely through bribery and corruption and treats and sweets and letting them do what they want. It's a short-term solution to a a long-term problem. You really have to understand how do you win the respect of your children, again, without fear or aggression. So that's where I'm coming from. Food is a a useful part, uh, both with raising dogs and rewards are very useful, and food is, you know, ice creams and sweets do have their part in the raising of my children. We use ice creams and stuff but it is not about that it does not you know bribery and corruption and using these food treats does not replace the fact that you still got to understand how do you win your child's mind how do you gain their respect and their trust so when not to use it i think i'd I'd like to tell you a story and i'll again i'll change the name of the man i'll change the name of the dog because I'd hate them to ever figure out or twig that it's them that I'm talking about. So we'll call um, we'll call the man Bruce and we'll call the dog Batman. Basically, what was happening was this: I went around to work with Bruce. He was a lovely guy, and uh, you know, he said, "Look, Batman's a bit of a nightmare at the minute. He's barking at the fence there when there's people, and he barks, barks, and I shout, Bruce, um, I shout, Batman, come here, Batman, come here, mate, come here, stop barking." And he doesn't listen to me, so I shout, Batman, come. Batman, come here. And finally he comes and I give him a little pat and I give him a little treat. I thought, oh dear, okay. Because, of course, the, 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 the thinking is that, you know, Batman came, so I gave him a treat. But Batman, the dog, is actually thinking, well, I barked, I ran over and I barked, I protected the property, and then after I'd done that job, I, he shouts, come here, come here, and then I came and then I got my reward. The problem is, of course, Batman is linking the whole thing together and Batman is seeing the bad behaviour as all part of the reason why he got the reward. It wasn't just the coming when he was called, it was the barking, the doing that job, and then the coming, and then he gets his reward. And the guy actually said to me, it was quite funny, the guy said to me, you know, Batman is a smart dog. He's, I think what he's doing now is he's even running up to the fence when there's nothing there, and he barks. And of course, then I shout to him to come, and, and I give him a little treat and stuff. And I smiled, and I thought, yep. That's exactly what Batman's doing. He's a smart dog, okay, and I didn't like to say, but, you know, is he smarter than you? Has he actually outwitted you? So, yeah, watch out. Again, that's that's a good analogy almost of, or a good example of how I would not use food to stop bad behaviors because it's too easy to, to slip into the sort of, you know, children are screaming and shouting, and then you say to your children, please stop screaming and shouting, and I'll give you some ice pops. Hang on, it ain't going to be long before your kids are going, okay, so when we're screaming and shouting and being a bit of a a nuisance, we end up getting ice pops. Another good example of uh, when people very often reward their dogs with food treats is, you know, dog jumps, dog jumps, dog jumps, and people say, sit, no jumping, no jumping, sit, sit, good dog, pat, pat, treat. I wouldn't use it in that situation. And uh, another good example is probably... It's, it's used, food is often used to try and sort of stop this aggression that dogs have towards other dogs. And so a lot of people have told me that they've been shown how you have your dog by your side. And if the dog looks and barks at the other dog, you say, look at me, look at me or something. And you wave a treat in front of their face. And if they look at you, you give them a treat. The dog kind of looks back at the other dog and barks. And you say, look at me, look at me, treat. 
and this goes on and people say to me you know we've, we've walked for hours and i've run out of food and my dog's getting fat and i'm shoveling all this food in my in the dog's face every time he looks at me and again that's not a, what i would call a good use of food um or treats or rewards i'm not sure what it's meant to be achieving the way i would do it which is very subtly different but it, it's a totally different use of food is to use maybe a higher end treat i say higher end i'm talking about higher value something like a little piece tiny piece of smelly cheese and use it on the end of your dog's nose move the dog away so that they calm down um because if your dog is overstimulated and it's still in its mind is still focused on the other dog and you're just shoveling food into your dog's face and then he turns back and carries on barking you know, I'd probably suggest that you're actually stimulating your dog and charging your dog up more in that situation when you, what you're really trying to do is calm your dog down. So, use it more, use food more as a distraction to get your dog's attention, move them away. But be very, very wary of using food to stop bad behaviours. Okay, topic number four is food through your dog's eyes. Well, I guess what I'm talking about here is just, I just wanted to point out some pretty obvious stuff, I think, really. Well, when you think like a dog, you know, I mean, basically, not all food is equal. I mean, we've all seen dogs kind of get incredibly excited when you give them certain food. And, uh, you know, think of it like money. Think of it like money. Not all pay packets are the same. You get way more excited when there's a million dollars in your pay packet, not that I've ever had a million dollars, than you will if you get one dollar. You know, the things I would do for a million dollars, do a lot of things for a million dollars that I would not do if I'm only going to be paid one dollar. It's the same with your dog. What your dog will do for one dry biscuit is nothing compared to what your dog will do for five little sausages. And and so we're talking about, you know, we can talk food, uh, the value of the food increases as we as you basically increase the fat content, usually the meat content um often the smell is important so things along the lines of bacon peanut butter chicken cheese the fatty offcuts of meats um it can be some processed foods some of them are better than others obviously some of them stink and have probably got a lot of preservatives and other not so great things inside them but um you know you know you may find this a bit disgusting but some offal is absolutely up there as the absolute number one treat for dogs. I think sort of um, lamb's fry or lamb's liver, you know, liver. And I'm talking about the real liver that you can get from the supermarket, the butchers. I mean, I've found my dogs, my dogs go nuts for that. It's, you know, we're talking about offal as in chicken livers, chicken necks, chicken hearts, all that sort of stuff. The dogs absolutely love that. Now check with your, just check with your vet that your dog is allowed that sort of stuff. But generally speaking, um, they, they, these things are all fine for your dogs. You've got to be careful. Of course, you've got to be careful with things like cheese. If you've got a young puppy, there's a very high fat content in cheese. But I am talking about tiny little pieces, absolutely minuscule little pieces. Probably, um, you could probably, oh, you could probably line three or four of these little pieces up for a small dog in a row, and it wouldn't be a centimeter long. And uh, so we're talking minuscule little pieces, a few millimeters by a few millimeters for a small dog uh, and not many of them. At the end of the day, you know, cheese is not good for humans, I don't think. I mean, it's 99% fat. It's moldy fat at the end of the day. Um, tiny little bit is fine for you, but watch out. Not, not too much of it. Sausages, all that sort of stuff. Just recognize that the meaty, fatty stuff is far more delicious in your dog's eyes. I um, often say to people, 
you know, it's a bit of a joke. But it's a serious question, actually. What What is the only thing that's more appealing to your dog than a sausage? And the answer is five pieces of sausage. And what I'm trying to point out here is that when you're trying to give your dog an amazing reward, because I've touched on amazing random rewards, when your dog, say, say when your dog comes running and you're so pleased with them, rather than giving them one dry biscuit or even five dry biscuits or one piece of sausage, it's far more powerful to your dog if you chop that piece of sausage into five or ten little pieces and give them one piece after another piece and another and another and another. So they stand there for sort of 10, 20, 30 seconds as you just post little pieces saying, very good dog, very very good dog. Because if your dog is anything like my big girl, Peanut Butter, I mean, she counts food treats in gulps. The size is irrelevant. You know, you give her a sausage, that's one gulp of sausage. You give her two sausages, that's two gulps of sausage. She doesn't really appreciate the size of the food. So if you chop that piece of sausage into five little bits and you feed them one at a time, I'd say it's almost five times the value of the one big piece. And another little tip do with food before we move on to uh, the top tips um, another little piece of advice is yeah when you're working with puppies and you want to do lots of little repetitive maybe a stay stay and you keep giving your little puppy a little treat for staying you want to use soft food so sometimes the freeze-dried liver for example that really hard crispy freeze-dried liver is not the best food treat because your dog gets that and it's like chewing on a little bone it takes them two or three minutes to get through it and you're wanting to get on with the training so quick Easy food that your dog can just uh, swallow down is best. Section number five. Topic five. Here we're going to finish off basic with some top tips. The best time to train your dog, if you're going to be using food, try and motivate them. It's of course, I mean, again, a very obvious point. It's feed, the, feed your dog after the training. So do the training when your dog is still hungry before dinner time. And if you're concerned that your dog may be getting fat or you don't want to give your dog too many treats, then just recognize you can take half of your dog's dinner out of the dinner bowl. You can take three quarters of it out of the dinner bowl and use all of that food in training. That way your dog isn't eating any extra food. All it is is they're actually learning something when they're eating rather than just filling their face. I mean, some dogs, they wolf down their food in 60 seconds. They learn absolutely nothing. It's quite disgusting to watch. I mean, there's nothing wrong with it. They're being dogs. But, you know, you can use some of that food for training. So easy. The other tip is just remember the random nature of rewards. Just like people. You know, we all, you know, we don't all play the lottery. But when, we're, when people play the lottery, what they're really doing is they're holding out and hoping they're going to win the jackpot. The 20 million jackpot. They're not holding out the, and hoping that they're going to win $10. And your dog isn't that much different. So... You know, I call it the power of the magic sausage, this little story. There's a guy, basically the guy said to me, he said, is it okay to feed my dog a sausage off the barbecue? And I said, it's absolutely fine. But your dog will sit by the barbecue probably for the rest of his life. Every time the barbecue's on, he'll sit there drooling and dribbling, waiting for the next sausage. And the man looked at me like I'd been you know, spying on him with cameras. He said, yep, absolutely, mate. That's exactly what has happened. And I said, look, if you'd taken a sausage off the barbecue and waited for that sausage to cool down, and then a little bit later on in the day, you know, you call your dog from a completely different place, maybe the garage or, you know, um, in the hallway, and you call your dog, and when your dog comes from behind your back, you bring a, a sausage, you go, good boy. Your dog will look at you and go, wow, you just produced a sausage out of thin air. 
The barbecue isn't even near us, and you've got a barbecued sausage. How do you do that? So that's just to emphasize the jackpot concept that if your dog knows that sometimes when you call them, they're going to get this jackpot reward, man, that's very, very powerful. That's why most people are playing the lottery, where you buy a little lottery ticket and hopefully win 20 million. Very, very small chance of it happening. But uh, that's why most people are playing. The other thing I wanted to point out in tips before we finish is dogs are very smart. Now, we all know that and we all say that, but then we, we don't really use it to our advantage. What I'm saying is this. When you take your dog to the park and you're going to do some training, you can motivate your dog by just showing them the bag. If you have a regular, a regular food bag, as I'll call it, a bag which you always use, or you could change it. You can have a tin or a jar. It doesn't really matter. But something which your dog starts to recognize, that's the food bag. You know, a bright red bag with a nice zipper at the top. It motivates your dog before any food even comes out. It becomes like a habit. Oh, yes, I'm listening. Oh, you've got my ears. I'm, I'm all yours. What do you want me to do? Never mind. You know, a little trick I use quite often is if I really want to motivate a dog, I unzip it, stick the dog's nose near it and say, smell that. You see, can you smell? Chicken, cheese, bacon, and little treats all inside there. That's what we're playing for today, I say to the dog, kind of jokingly. And, you know, I've, I've worked with dogs where, quote, quote, the dog has no recall. The dog, quote, quote, runs away as soon as we get on the park. And I'm like the Pied Piper of Hamlin trying to shake this dog off me. I cannot get the dog to leave me. Again, it's because I've sort of increased the value of the food treats and I've also communicated very subtly to the dog, hey, play your cards right and you can have some of these treats. It's not, not complex. It really works, but you've just got to put some of this stuff in place. So just think about it. What treats are you giving your dog? Rubbishy little dry biscuits or beautiful high-end chicken and cheese treats? And, you know, chicken, when I say chicken and cheese and, and meaty offcuts, these don't have to be expensive things. A lot of the food we're throwing away, a lot of the offcuts of the meat and stuff, the gristle, that's what the dogs absolutely love. So this doesn't have to be expensive. One last little tip before we finish is just think about as well, what are you giving your dog for their dinner? Because a lot of people, you know, they're actually giving their dogs such high-end food for their dinner. For example, you know, there's chicken, chicken in the dinner bowl. And then people wonder why the dog won't work for a little dry biscuit. Well, that's like giving your child $1,000 a week as an allowance and then asking them if they'll help you wash the car for $10. There's no, I mean, unless, unless you've got the most wonderful children in the world who just love helping, you know, they're not going to work for 10 bucks washing your car down on a Saturday morning when you're giving them $1,000. They've already got everything they need. So don't overfeed your dog with beautiful, high-end, tasty treats and then expect them to come and work for them. I would give your dog the boring dry biscuits in their bowl. And uh, I go through in great detail in the video website, theonlinedogtrainer.com, how powerful understanding food is to your dog and how to feed your dog correctly and getting that bit right because you have really got to get this bit right or you know the rest of this all this treats and using food stuff doesn't really have the impact as, as you're starting to probably figure out now if you're having trouble with your dog and feeding your dog initially out of the bowl well yeah you're probably first thing you need to do is get on that video website and sort that bit out but coming back to it yeah just recognize you want to be using the high-end value treats with your doggies for training and not giving all that beautiful stuff away for free. So there you have it. That's pretty much the end of the show. 
um, how to use food in training. Hope that's all made sense. I mean, look, if if you're thinking, I want to know more, I want to understand this, I want to see some of the videos, then just go to the video website, www.theonlinedogtrainer.com. It is only a dollar to get in there, to get access to a complete site. You know, over 250 videos. Most of them are now in HD. You can see me in consultations. You can understand how to become the pack leader. You can see me raising my little puppy, Moses, from eight weeks of age. There's heaps of videos of him. And uh, many of them show you explaining exactly how to use food treats and then fade it out. You know, I don't use food treats much with them anymore, but it was a brilliant tool to start with. And, of course, if you've got a dog with behavioral issues, then you can see me using some food treats in certain situations then. So all of that is inside of the video website, theonlinedogtrainer.com. If, you, if you're just keen to keep listening to podcasts, then all well and good. You go to iTunes. You can actually sub- subscribe. And if you subscribe, then the beauty is two things. One, you will be alerted to the next podcast, which is released. And second, you can give it a rating. And by giving it a rating, you don't just help me because my podcast show will get higher up in iTunes, but also you'll be helping other people because there's more chance that they'll actually find the, the, the site and the show. So you'll be helping them as well. So, yep, that just about wraps it up. Remember, the show notes for this show can be found at www.doggydan.com forward slash show seven. It's been an absolute pleasure as always. And, uh, yep, got loads more shows coming up, more great stuff uh, to look forward to. And, uh, yeah, hopefully that has helped you heaps and you've got a different understanding of the power of food, how to use it, when to use it, and, of course, how to avoid some of the pitfalls. Have a great day. I'm Doggy Dan. Thank you ever so much for listening. And, as always, love your dog. You've been listening to another episode of the Doggy Dan Podcast Show bringing you one step closer to creating harmony with your dog.